Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, great, let's go home. Nah, you got to sit and listen to me for a little bit. All right, so glad you're here. We are not wrapping up our series, Faith That Brings Freedom, but we are going to hit the pause button after this week because after this week is, this week is Thanksgiving. Anybody excited? Yeah, I know I am. I make, I now, as of last year, make two turkeys uh, and, and the potatoes for everybody who comes to our house. Uh, I just started, John coached me, John Green and coached me last year, just started, besides baking a turkey, I fried one last year. Turned out, turned out all right. I could do a little bit better, though. I know I could do better. This year, I'm going to do better. I believe in me. And, and, uh, and then the potatoes and stuff. So I'm super excited about Thanksgiving. But because of that, we also move into Christmas and Advent. And so next week, we'll be kicking off our Christmas series, Wonder, uh, and then we're going to come back to Faith That Brings Freedom in January. So we're going to continue this series, and we're talking about the book of Galatians and how, really, I believe the theme of the book, even though a lot of theologians argue faith and things like that, I believe one of the themes of the book of Galatians is freedom, and we'll talk about why in a, in a minute, but... Um, so a few years, quite a few years ago, before actually my wife and I got married, uh, we're, on a, we're on a mission trip. We had a director. She doesn't know I'm going to share this story, but um, it's nothing, nothing bad. We, we had clothes on and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but, but um, we were, we were uh, on, a, on a mission trip, and we had a, we had a great spiritual mentor and stuff, but this, this leader, uh, this, this lady leader of ours, she, she, she had this thing about, like, People dating, like you couldn't date and things like that, and you couldn't be in a relationship if you were on this team together. And we basically made like boundaries and stuff, said, okay, we won't, we'll just do this and we'll keep it within that boundary. But even then, like it, she was cracking the whip on us and coming down on us for stuff. And, and, and at one point, she, she just got really intense. And um, she, she told my wife all kinds of things that weren't true, and you're going to make him stumble, and she told me stuff like, you've got to watch this and that and the other, and just, it was, it was really hard, and so for, I think, th- two and a half, three more weeks, which when you're, when you're like 19, 20, feels like an eternity, you know, and, and you're on a mission trip together, so even more so, right? You're in like the microwave together for weeks on end. And uh, on this mission trip, we're not supposed to look at each other. We had done nothing, literally nothing. When, and, and I don't mean like now nothing. I mean like 20 years ago nothing, right? Okay? We're talking not CW shows, Nickelodeon, okay? Wait, not current Nickelodeon, 20 years ago Nickelodeon. Okay, so just not, just not, we had done like nothing, super innocent. And, and she just, but... And the reason was, she had had a bad experience in the past. Something had gone wrong for her. 
She had seen it break, you know. She'd seen somebody who, who kind of took advantage of the system, who kind of, you know, dishonored her being graceful and understanding. And so she made an extreme, and, and we paid the price for somebody else's mistake. Anybody here paid the price for somebody else's mistake? Yeah, everybody who's not a first child, raise your hand. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? All of us, like, why am I being punished? Because you're one of the children, that's why. <laughs> that's all that matters, so that's why. And, and, and that's fine, um, but, but that's what happens a lot of times when we're following Jesus. At some point in the road, we start making rules that God didn't make to avoid potholes but eventually, instead of avoiding potholes, we just create new prisons. We do that a lot. We're really good at it. And here's what it's called. It's called religion. And it's not God. And I'm not talking about religion in the idea of practicing faith. I'm talking about religion in the idea of faith understood by way of rule-keeping. That's the religion I'm talking about. It doesn't work. Anybody here ever been saved by works? No, because that would mean you don't believe in Jesus. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by Jesus. That's what he did. So Paul writes this letter to this church in Galatia. That's the name of the city. And, and he is, he's ticked. Because the reason he's ticked is... He, he helped see a lot of these people come to Jesus. And what happened is, as they came to Jesus, uh, after he left, there were these Jewish leader types who basically set up a ministry coming in after the guy who did the ministry and then coming in and saying, hey, that was good what Paul taught you, but let me tell you how to really do it and build on that foundation. Don't you love self-appointed ministers who then build their own ministries based on somebody else's? That's so great. <laughs> um, don't you love self-appointed leaders? Or like on the, in the workplace, you ever seen that? The self-appointed lot. He's not a manager, but he believes he is. <laughs> you know, in his heart, he thinks he is, right? Those are the best people, right? And, and Paul, and what happened is, they came in and he basically said, you've got to be, you can follow Jesus, but you've also got to follow all the Old Testament laws. And I don't know about you, I don't want somebody in my 20s or 30s coming in saying, hey, you're doing great, you should also get circumcised. <laughs> That's what was happening. I don't understand how you get in on that ministry. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> that, I, I, no more. <laughs> you know, That seems like a church depopulation movement, not a growth pattern. But it was, it was working. It was really working. It was, it was really damaging these churches. And so that's where Paul's writing to. And, and we're going to pick it up where we left off, uh, verse 11 in chapter 1. Dear brothers and sisters... I want you to understand that the gospel message I preached was not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion? How I violently persecuted God's church? I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews and my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. 
And then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And when this happened, I didn't rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at the time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that I am right, what I'm writing to you is not a lie. After that, I went to visit north to the provinces of Syria and Sicilia, and still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that the, the, what the people were saying, the one who used to persecute us, is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. Verses 11 and 12. I want you to understand what I'm preaching is not mere human reasoning. And I didn't receive my message from somebody teaching it to me, but straight from Jesus. If you've come to Jesus at some point in your life, you didn't do it because of great preaching. You didn't do it because of an awesome experience or a really good conference or great parents. It happened because Jesus showed up to you. Now, he uses people all the time, and he uses churches and preaching. That's all good. But if, God, if, if you accepted Christ in your heart and said, I'm going to follow you, Lord, that was because Jesus showed up to you. And that's what happened to Paul. And he's telling this church, like, you're listening to God. You're listening to people who are claiming they're on God's side, they're with God. He's doing all these, they're, that they're really great, amazing people. And here's what's happening. You're getting bound up in their teaching and their ideas, and you're forgetting about the Jesus who you said you'd follow. You're getting bound up in some rules that God never set up. Here's, here's my main point on that. Freedom is God's idea. Freedom is not an American ideal. It is an ideal of America, but it's not from America. You should know that. We, we, we have this weird mentality, like either America is none of what it says it is or all of what it says it is. It's, it, it's actually, an, a very, ironically, it's at a very American mindset, Right? We're either perfect in everything we've ever done in our history, all the things, we're all good. Or we're just, we're just racist, phobic, fill in the blank of whatever that is, the worst, and never living up to any of our deals. Truth is, neither of those are right. Neither of those are correct. No pun intended on the right thing. <laughs> ne- ne- neither of those. America was founded on some good ideals, some good ideas, great ideas, Judeo-Christian ideas. Did we live up to them all? No. Are we now? No. But the idea is if you build the foundation right, hopefully it steers the house in the right direction. And where the house gets off, the foundation will still stand. And you can correct what's broken in the house. But that foundation is from the idea of a Judeo-Christian value, which is God's heart for mankind, which is freedom. I was listening to a good interview this morning, and, and they were talking about, they were talking about um, you know, the mandates from like companies. Can companies do this to people? And, and, the, and the guy's response, it was a good response, and he said, he said so here's my, here's my deal. And it was talking about vaccines and stuff, and wherever you're at on vaccine, we're very open-handed on that. Whatever you feel like God wants you to do, you go ahead and do that. Okay, that, that's between you and the Lord. 
and not us. We are not here to prescribe or tell you not to take medicine. But the idea, he said, here's, he goes, are, are corporations free to do what they want? They are. But I would argue that individual freedom is more important than corporate freedom. And that isn't an American ideal, that's God's idea. And Paul's trying to teach this to the church in Galatia. Freedom is God's idea. Jesus set us free from a prison of sin and death. He set us free, right? We talked last week that once the door is open, when Jesus says you're forgiven, you're free, the door is open, right? And we can go free. Now, we have a tendency to want to go back there and sleep there and live there and hang out there because it's comfortable to us and it's what we know and it's where we've been. But God would say, no, you're free anyway. Does God condemn us for going back and sleeping in there? No, because he's not a God of condemnation. But we do it. We'll go back and be like, well, I just want to sit in my sin and stuff. But we forget because we've got to change our mindset. You see, God delivered us out of slavery to sin. But the mindset of slavery to sin is a process. So spiritually, you and I, it's done, it's finished, it's corrected, it's, it's complete, it's whole. But in the natural, in our minds, it's a process, and it's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a bit to understand God's mind, that his idea is for us to live free. And so the problem, uh, the problem is, what we'll do is begin to create systems like Okay, okay, I'm not going to go back there, but if we're following Jesus long enough and we're all the way out here, away from the prison, like we're doing really good, eventually what's going to happen though is we're going to start like, oh, you got to make sure you do this, but you don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I should do this and not do that. And you know what we're doing? Unreal, uh, unrealizing is we're moving ourselves back towards this place. When we start living by and making up rules God didn't make up, we're moving back into a prison. And it's a prison of religion. There are good rules God keeps, okay? Right? Thank God. If God didn't keep some rules, we wouldn't have a universe. There would be no such thing as gravity, right? <laughs> there are some rules that are good. We talked about the top ten commandments, right? There's three types of laws in the Old Testament. Civil, ceremonial, and moral. He did away with the civil and the ceremonial. The moral, the top ten commandments, he kept those. Why? Because that's who he is, not just his rules. God doesn't cheat on us. God's not a murderer. God doesn't steal. So those are kept, but even those are kept by grace. We're, we're free to keep those. We don't have to. If we break them, we can be forgiven. But we practice them. Freedom becomes God's idea in our life to then walk out and live in this way. So I would argue, just like the Ten Commandments are an attribute of who God is, freedom is an attribute of God. Now, they don't teach that in Bible college, but I believe it's true. I believe the idea that nobody can lord directly over me and control us. Anybody? Can we see anywhere in history where somebody controlling and manipulating people? Can we see anywhere where we're like, I think God was really in that. <laughs> I think God really wanted that right there. Spanish Inquisition, that was God. No, it was not. It was a horrible, horrible thing. Right? 
Matter of fact, our Constitution says it. In the preamble to the Constitution, it says this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Now, I would, I would argue God's ultimate desire is not for us to be happy. Life, liberty, and ha- pursuit of happiness, more power to you. But it's, is that God's end goal? No, not really. Freedom. Liberty and freedom are synonymous terms. Life, yep. Happiness, eh. God wants joy for us, which is better than happiness. Joy is not circumstantial. Happiness kind of is. Anyway, not a bad idea, just not necessarily God's idea. Okay, what's wrong, what's wrong with that? What's, what's, is anything wrong with it? Is that a God idea? What I would argue is right there, even in our Constitution, we have a moment of it being, of it being, even our founding fathers recognized this is God's idea. I don't think this is ours. Again, doesn't mean they were living up to it. I'm not saying they were. You say, some of the pushback is our founding fathers owned slaves. Yeah, they were wrong. Yeah, welcome to humanity. We're broken. And we have to get better. But the only way that happens is by way of Jesus and following his ideas. And I believe the idea of freedom eventually led to the mindset that, like, what we're doing here is evil and wrong. You know, it was like single-digit percentiles, the people who actually own slaves in the South. So, good news. The good news is Jesus wants to live that way. Is in America a representation of that? A, singular. Not the. It's a nation. America's not in the Bible. It's a tough deal, right? Some of us want it to be, right? That'd be cool. But it's not. We've studied the Greek. We've studied the Latin. We've studied the Hebrew. America's not there. But freedom is. And God wants you and I to live freely. And today I don't want to talk to you about our country and all the things that happen. What I'm talking to you is even in our Constitution, they recognize that this is God's idea. God had an idea at one point. Now, he's God, so maybe he always had the idea, but, but he, he's God. He has this idea, and the idea is he wants you and I somehow, some way to be free, to freely choose to love him, follow him, and when we do, that would actually see our freedom grow. Garden of Eden. God sets up Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and here's what's interesting. They get a choice. Why? Do you and I, you and I don't do that. We don't say to our two and three year olds, you know what, why don't you just, if you want to play with the stove, you go ahead. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, Adam and Eve weren't toddlers, but they were innocent. God gives them a choice. He, he gives them the opportunity. Why? Because freedom has to have choice involved. That's the whole idea. But more than that, love has to have choice involved. You cannot have love without choice. If you're a super hardcore Calvinist, we love you and you're welcome here. You're not going to like what I have to say next. <laughs> but, but, and if you're like, I don't know what that means, great. Ignore it. Don't look it up. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But, but if you're a hardcore Calvinist, you think there is no such thing as free will. 
But if there's no such thing as free will, then you don't ever make a choice. Which ultimately means we don't say yes to our Savior. We don't say yes to our Savior and that's our salvation. We say yes to our Savior because he's our only salvation. But here's the better part. We get to do that then every day after. Well, don't get me wrong. We don't keep coming and getting saved all over. But here's, the, the, the salvation process works like this. Bam, the prison door's open. We're free, we're forgiven, we're out. And then it's like, and now what? And the next day's like, keep following me. Okay. Keep following me. Okay. Keep following me. And this is your life. And you learn to not just walk away from the prison, but live in freedom. That you're not bound to anything but Jesus. You're not bound to, to a culture. Now look, if you're married, you're bound to that. Deal with it. Okay, but, but beyond that, and that's good. Um, but the whole idea is God wants you free. Right? The next verses, he, he starts arguing about who he was. Verse 13 and 14. You know what it was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted them. Okay, skipping ahead. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal. He, he's actually arguing against them, saying, I know who these guys are who've come to you. I know what they're all about. I knew their stuff. I was them. This is why I'm angry about it. Because they're lying to you. Jesus came to me and told me what this meant. The whole idea is now... We don't try and get to God. We are now in a position of freedom. Here's another way to say it. We are now moving into a position for God. Not to a position for God, but from God. So, like, when I'm in the prison, I I can't, I can try and get to God. I can try and do things for God, but I'm still here. When I don't know Jesus, this is where I am. I'm locked up. I'm bound. And I can reach out to him. I can cry out. But I can't really do anything. If I do all my good works, here's the thing. If somebody goes to prison for life and they do got a lot of good works in there, great. You're staying in there, though. <laughs> this doesn't mean anything anymore. But when God does this, when we do godly good things, we're now doing it from a place of freedom. Not a place of work. You're already out. We don't follow God now out of rules and have-tos, but want-tos and get-tos. I want to follow Jesus. You see, that's like a good example of marriage, right? Some people are like, well, I'm married, so I don't, I don't sleep around. <laughs> that's a mentality to have. But the other one is like, no, God changed my wants and desires. No, I don't want to. You know, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke weed because, you know, I'm a Christian, so I probably shouldn't do that. Versus God says, you know what, I don't want you drunk because I want to be able to speak to you and commune with you anytime, anywhere. And if you're not mentally there, I can't communicate with you. But it's not, oh, you better not, you better, no, no, I don't want to. I don't, I, I was there, I don't want to go there again. I'm free. I grew up in a church that was filled with rules. 
filled with them. And it was a great church. I met Jesus there, met the Holy Spirit there, went, uh, found my Bible college there. It was awesome. Great church. Wonderful. But it was also in the 90s, right? 80s and 90s, it was camp legalism. Anybody remember? <laughs> Anybody here go to camp legalism growing up? You know what I'm talking about. We smashed CDs and we tried to pretend we weren't attracted to girls, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was like. It wasn't bad. It was, that's what it was like. <laughs> You're like, what's a CD? Well, welcome. We're glad you're here, millennial. But, 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 but that's what we did. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't watch that. You couldn't go here. And, and my brother, even more so, he's five years older than me. Then it was like satanic panic. Everything was the devil, right? Dungeons and Dragons, you know, was, was Satan worship, which turns out mostly were just nerds in basements. But, <laughs> like, that's what, that's what we were convinced that it all was. And, and we ran from the enemy. But here's the thing. We, 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 they got bound up in religion. And what, you, what, what did you have? You had a mass exodus from the church because they're like, I can't keep these rules. And the problem is they weren't supposed to keep all those rules. There's certain things and certain music I don't listen to because it doesn't edify me or edify the Lord. So, you know, let's just shut it off. Certain things at times, like I, I enjoy watching that. Ah, I can't watch this anymore. It's not building me up. It's not honoring God. Forget it. Let's turn it off. But it's not because I'm going to go to hell or I'm going to lose my salvation or God's not with me. That's, that's, that's prison thinking. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to do these things from a position of freedom. Now here's the thing. Freedom, love, no condemnation, that's, it's more difficult to change somebody quickly with that. It's a process. Right? Fear and guilt are quick motivators. But the problem is they don't last. That change doesn't last over time. Anybody here felt guilty, right? Yeah, you went on a diet because you are guilty and lasted about five minutes, right? Because you're like, no. There's healthy fear, don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's gut, excuse me, godly fear, and we believe in that. But then that's separate than I'm afraid of you, God. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be free. To choose to follow him. To love him daily. How many of you, your spouse has ever said to you, but I want you to want to go out with me? <laughs> yeah, no, no husband in the room is like, no. <laughs> like, you're just looking at me like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I get it. No, I understand. <laughs> but we are now in a position of freedom, and religion is a poison to freedom. It's a poison to our soul. I would argue, I was handling this conversation with Dave before service. One of the things that happened in the church over about the last 20-some years, we became now religious about not being religious. We think, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm going to call them out, but I don't know anybody there, so it's fine. So, like, Relevant Magazine. Loved them. Subscribed to them. Listened to podcasts. Read the magazine. I can't do it anymore. Because they're religious about not being religious to the point that I can't understand the difference between that and paganism. What do you believe? What is your foundation? There are some things not worth discussing. Where, Where do Eastern religion and Jesus intersect? Nowhere. They don't intersect. Let's not go there. 
But they're having that conversation. Why? Because they're religious about not being religious. And what happens with that? They've just, the devil's just created a great new prison system that isn't easy to recognize. Some people are like, uh, if, you, if you've had the vaccine, I can't talk to you. If you've not had the vaccine, I can't talk to you. You're both wrong! <laughs> I'll call that out a hundred times over. You're both wrong. No. We are free in Jesus' name. We belong to the kingdom, not the prison. We are not bound to rules that are not within God's word. We're just not. And some of you have done that to yourself or to others over and over. Well, I, I should have done this, and I missed that, and I, why wasn't I part of this? And, 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 and Stop. It's, it, it's a poison to our souls. You know why I believe church matters? Because this is a place you find life. You get encouraged. You get built up. You help fill other people's needs. You get set free. You get built up in your faith by the communion of the saints. That happens in this space with God's people. It, yeah, you can give it applause. Thank you. That's my son. All right. <laughs> um, uh, he doesn't even get an allowance. But, <laughs> but, but. But do you have to be in church to be saved? That question, am I saved if I, or can I get away with, that's not a God question. That's a question from the devil. That's not a question about freedom. That's a question about the prison. What can I get away with is what a prisoner asks, not what a free person asks. How can I follow you? That's what a free person asks. You see the difference? Holiness isn't the pursuit of a legalist, of a religious person, of a Pharisee. Holiness is the pursuit of a person who understands grace and what Jesus did for me. What he's still doing for me. That he loves me unconditionally. And the more and more I come back to him messing up, having blown it, rejected him, saying, forget you. And he still says, come here, son, come here, son, come here. I forgive you. That's the freedom and the forgiveness of a loving God that eventually transforms me in saying, change my want. I don't want to do this anymore. You keep loving me. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to think that. I don't want to scroll that way anymore. I don't want to hope I see something when I'm scrolling. We now have a freedom story. That is your story, right? Paul lays out his story. I was this, I was that, and then, and then God set me free. We belong to him your whole story, if you know Jesus, is one of freedom and joy and life. Even the worst things, and we have had the worst things happen to us. And if you are alive right now in the last couple of years, the world, we have seen the worst, some of the worst stuff happen. 
And it's not just government bureaucrats making good or bad decisions. It's, we all know the virus is real. We've, many, if not all of us, have experienced it at some point. How many know somebody who's passed away from corona? All across this room. We all do. It's horrible. Many of us, if not most of us, may have even had it. I know why. I, we had it. It, it was awful. And there was a few moments for me, it was scary. But even that, God says, I won't waste it. Just watch. Just sit back and watch. Well, what about this person? They died. Well, if they knew Jesus, they didn't die. They moved. They didn't die. If they didn't know Jesus, that's between them and the Lord. We've got to become kingdom people again who live in freedom and life and joy and say, I'm no longer bound to what I'm scrolling. I'm no longer bound to what happens on the news today. I'm no longer bound to the rules that I made up for myself. I'm no longer bound to my past or the product. You have a freedom story. I I have got to believe, we have to believe that Jesus did it or he didn't. And if he did, he sets us free. I'm I'm an alcoholic. I'll always be one. Not if you're a follower of Jesus. That's one thing, and I know AA helps a lot of people. It's actually why I prefer something like a Celebrate Recovery. Because when you follow Jesus, your identity has changed. You are no longer bound to anything. We used to sing this song. Uh, you, you just turned it on a little bit. I'm going to keep talking while it's playing, guys. Uh, this is a few years ago, but they re-recorded it on a, on a thing. Anybody remember this song? This is how we overcome from Hillsong from way back. And some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a great song. It was a lot of fun. Uh, just listen to a couple lines of it. It was so good. From Psalm 30. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Another verse in the New Testament in Romans 8:1, right? There is now no condemnation. That's an ever-present tense verse. There is now, right now, right now, there's no condemnation. The doors are open. And right now, you're free. And right now, well, you don't know, you don't know what I did this morning. Doesn't matter, you're free. You don't know what I did last night. Doesn't matter, you're free if you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you're forgiven, you're free, it's done. Well, uh, but I did those things. You went and hung out in the prison, but the door's open. Your story is a freedom story. God has made you free. He wants you free. And if you know him, you are free. 
And the only thing we have to do is choose to live that way. And say, God, change me into a mindset of freedom that I'm not bound. Some people are like, you got you to gotta make sure you do this every week at church. No, I don't. Because <laughs> I'm free. Well, make sure you do that every week. There's churches like altar calls. You got to do an altar call every week. No, I, I don't. Because <laughs> that's not in my Bible. It's a rule you're making up, but I don't have to do it. Some of you are like, we never do altar calls. Never, ever come, because that's, that's, you know, that gets weird. Man, get a little free. Chill out. I don't worship like this. This is weird. All right. (laughs) You're free to worship any way you want to worship. You don't have to do anything. Except follow Jesus. That you have to do. And everything from there begins to work itself out. Now we take steps of faith because freedom is led by faith. It's by faith we walk out of that prison. It's by faith we worship. It's by faith we live because freedom only comes by way of our faith. It's it's our faith in Jesus that brings us freedom. It's not blind, but it's not always visible. Say, well, I don't feel free. I don't look free. My behavior seems like the opposite of freedom, Brian. Fair enough. But do you believe how you feel, think, or behave? Or do you believe what Jesus did? We have to believe in him more than we believe in us. Say, I believe in me. Man, stop. (laughs) You will eventually fail you. But Jesus never will. He wants you free. God's heart beats for his people to live in freedom and joy and life. There's people like, oh, I have to be a lawyer because that's what my parents were. No, you don't. Because you're free. I could never do that because... This is the type of family I came from. I don't know where you came from, but I know where you are if you know Jesus. And you're in a different family than that. Man, that's something funny last night. And, but, it, but one thing he said, it was, it was pretty good. It's cheesy, I'm calling him out, but he said it. And he, and he said, you know, I don't have to follow my dad, pointing to me about ministry, but I am going to follow my dad, pointing to his Father in heaven. No, that's the absolute truth. Follow Jesus. And you're free to. And if he doesn't go into ministry, will God love him less? No, because that's, that's not freedom. That's not a love that brings freedom. God's love's unconditional. You can't diminish it. God's love doesn't have levels. It's infinite, permanent, unconditional, and it's done. Can you deal with it? Do you honestly believe God loves you that much? That today, he smiles over you. Today, God's proud of you. I've done nothing to make him proud of me. I'm proud of my kids. Because they're my kids. And I just want them free. Do you believe that God wants that for you? Like in your soul? 
Some of you are like, well, i got to watch it on Thanksgiving. Look, I, I, I am not your doctor, but maybe you can enjoy Thanksgiving, and then the next day just be disciplined again. Or can you never be free? And some of you are like, I'm free like that all the time. <laughs> Every day is Thanksgiving. And you're like 29 and you look like you're 80. <laughs> and then I would say, nah, you're probably just in a prison of food. And that's not good either. You're free to not be bound to food. I need to hear that too. I'm not joking. That wasn't a joke. But God wants you free at every level. You better pray for that person. That's not the word of the Lord. The Lord says, hey, you can pray for them. Do you see the difference? No rules, all rules. Either one can end up being religion. The enemy's good at what he does. He's pretty good at lying and making prisons to find ourselves back in. But God's perfect at what he does. And we're free. You're free. Let's stand together. I didn't set my watch back from months ago, and I was like, man, I preached a long time. <laughs> Which I'm free to do. But <laughs> we don't do that here. Relax. I want to pray a blessing over you today. And, and if you want to sit and be with the Lord, be in his presence and worship him, when I say amen, you are free to do so. If you want to come to the altar and spend time with the Lord with no distractions in front of you, you're free to do so. If when I say amen, you need to go and get to life and get your kids, you are free to do so. Because that's exactly it. You are free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord bless you and keep you. May you enjoy this week. May when your political cousins come over and unpack, you're free to just love them and not get bound. When you're discouraged and like, I can't, you're free to know you can in Jesus. When you feel like I can't smile anymore, you can because you're free. When you're like, I don't know if I can, that the, that the resounding gong of the liberty bells of heaven would resound in your head and heart and spirit this week. The weight of the world would begin to fall off and the yoke and the burden of Jesus would be your burden, which is light and easy and full of life. And you would live that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. 